Wait a minute, I hear something. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie, the show that's doing it while it's going down the road. Can your show do that? I doubt it. Anywho, back with another werewolf movie classic. And uh, this is a strange one. This is another honorable mention um, that I felt like I needed to mention. (laughs) It's funny how that works. It's right there in the title, folks. Um... We are talking about uh, The Company of Wolves, 1984. Now, this is one of those, you you saw the artwork when you clipped on this, I hope, or you're familiar with it. I remember, 84, 85, walking into a video store in McKenzie, Tennessee, little bitty town. Actually, it's bigger than most little towns in my area. But that's where you kind of went if you wanted a variety of movies to watch. And saw the poster for this thing, which is, you know, the girl kind of dressed in the Little Red Riding Hood thing. And then you got the, the guy standing there with his mouth open and the dog snout sticking out of its mouth. What an image, right? I mean, if you think of anything when you think of this movie, that's what you think of. Now, this one is really, really different on, on a, for a lot of reasons. Um, but I've always liked it. I think I like it because, it, well, it says 84 horror fantasy. Heavily, heavy emph- emphasis on fantasy, right? Because this is on, you know, uh, on a stage set, right? It feels just like legend feels, if you know what I mean. You can tell it's not a real atmosphere. It is a made-up stage set. And there's something I like about that, because, again, it adds to that dreamy feel of what's going on here. Um, I think it really works with what they're, what they're doing here. So I, I, that's why I wanted to talk about it. That and the effects, because let's face it, every werewolf movie we're going to talk about is because the effects are pretty outstanding, or it had some sort of merit to it that it really kind of makes it stand out. This one is so unique. I, I want to say that every one of these have a uniqueness to them uh, that I'm covering, that I'm you know going to actually do episodes on. Bad Moon kind of being the exception, because it is just a straight laced. You know, punch in the gut kind of werewolf movie, which is perfect, right? Because we don't get a lot of those. But this one is really, really deep with storytelling, and it's more of an anthology kind of thing, all based around wolves and werewolves. Matter of fact, I think even the synopsis says that. Uh, this is directed by Neil Jordan, who who has done uh, the Crying Game. If that makes you, you know kind of good a visual interview with a vampire um so you kind of get where he's coming from right uh there's there's a lushness to his filmmaking 
Um, let's see, uh, it's based on a story by Angela Carter, distributed by Canon. So, which is kind of even surprising to me. Uh, as far as the synopsis, let's see if I can. Holy smokes, it's a mile long. Wolves and werewolves look through the, uh, throughout the dreams of young Rosalie, uh, who imagines that she must journey through a dark forest to live with her grandmother, while Rosalie meets a rugged hunter in the woods. She discovers that he has, hold on, I gotta make a, I mean, I gotta get a stoplight here. Uh, she discovers that she has animal-like attraction to him, leading to the macabre turn of events. The lupine-centric film also uh, features stories within the main tale, told both by Rosaline and her grandmother, which all have a supernatural bent. Wow. Uh, that's a... That sounds more like a review than it does a synopsis. Uh, as far as a cast, there's not really a lot to talk about here, except the fact that we do have the fantastic 80s icon Angela Lansbury in this, right? From Murder, She Wrote. Um, she's the grandmother, obviously. And uh, we've got Sarah Patterson playing Rosaline. And uh, she's kind of perfect for the role, right? She's kind of got that uh, Jennifer Connelly thing where she's, she's right at that point to where she's between being a woman and a child, right? Uh, she, she's cute and pretty as a little girl, but there's also a little bit of attractiveness to her. I know that sounds weird, but you know what I'm getting at, right? She's at the cusp of becoming a woman, which is why she's in the role, right? Because um, she has this attraction towards this guy that she meets. Uh, we got David Warner in this. Hello. Uh, you can't go wrong with that, so... And you may be fans of some other people in this movie. I don't know. But that's the ones I'm bringing up. Uh, very British film. It feels very British. Uh, and like I said, it, it feels like legend as far as the sets or crawl or, again, that, that British kind of aspect of it. Dream state. Which works great. Um... I didn't even, did we do it at why, we, why to Watch? Here we go, Why to Watch. It's eerie, dark, and complex. Sure, sure it is, because you're telling multiple stories and it's all in dream state. It says, uh, Company of Wolves is a strong, compelling film and one that remains a delight to this day. You know what? I totally agree. Uh, it has its problems just because of when it came out, but... You know, I like that aspect of show me something I haven't seen before. This movie's got it. Uh, or maybe you've seen it before, just not in... Well, we'll get into it. Uh, it says, uh, Company of Wolves is surely one of the best werewolf films ever made and certainly the, uh, the most artful and complex. You know, that's kind of where it sets for me. It, it, but you can't really just call it a werewolf movie because it doesn't dwell on that. Um... It's kind of hard to describe. There's transformations. Uh, we do have a one stand-up kind of werewolf. We've got some where people transform into actual wolves. 
it's kind of all over the place. And it's weird because the stories are all kind of a mishmash of that folklore, but they're not consistent. So, I don't know. I don't know that that's a problem. It still works for me. Uh, it says on IMDb uh, it got a 6.6 .6 out of 10. I can get behind that. Uh, there's something really compelling about this one. It's kind of boring because it doesn't really move at a fast pace. Uh, it feels like it's got an old-style movie spirit about it, right? The way the story is told. They're trying to base it off of atmosphere. And it works to a degree. But uh, here's the thing about it. The tie-in to it is modernized. So even though it feels like this movie goes back in time and it puts you in a, let's just say, Little Red Riding Hood time period, um, the little girl that's that all this is, is happening in is asleep upstairs in her room. And that's kind of how this is happening. But it's modern time. We're modern for the... It's 1984. Um, so, again, it's, it's got this weird... You, you don't have any real reasoning of why she's having the dreams. It's just a dream. <clears throat> and you get... Uh, family coming back from either trip or going shopping or something and they're coming in the house and sitting up sitting in the groceries and they go to knock on her bedroom door to wake her up she's asleep and you kind of get in this dream state and that's kind of how this movie rolls from there on you get maybe a shot or two glimpsing back to make you realize oh remember she's still asleep this is all in her head but um, the toys that she's got on her shelves in her dreams are like life-size they're they're big and kind of walk around and so it's got all this weird fairy tale aspect to it but like i said it really focuses on the young girl with her grandmother angela lansbury telling her these stories of werewolves or wolves and you get the a, a running theme here of never trust a guy whose eyebrows meet <laughs> which is a nice way of saying stay away from the unibrow right which you know happens to be a requirement for this movie so all of the the guys in this movie for the most part uh have unibrows so there's there's your weird twist to it first story it's about a guy that, that uh, is it's on their honeymoon, and they're going to be alone, and uh, uh, apparently he's got a unibrow, and he uh, gets a feeling, right? I mean, they're, they're at the point of she's climbing into bed, and he says, I'll be right back, and he disappears. He goes out the door, and he's gone, and... Years go by. It shows the lady, you know, many years later on. She's remarried. She's got kids. Then all of a sudden, her original husband shows up and just pops in the door. And he's like, hey, what's been happening? <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, you know, uh, 
thought you were dead. You never came back. So, uh, I got over you pretty quick and, uh, you know, got, got remarried and got kids and there you go. And, uh, while he's there, I don't know if because of the anger or whatever, but he transforms and wow, you know, the transformation is pretty awesome. Uh, you get a little bit of night breed happening here where the guy's like ripping off his face and stuff. It's pretty dang good, folks. Uh, you get a hand that comes up and it's starting to stretch and stuff and then it starts, all the skin starts coming off and it goes down to a skeletal form. I'm telling you, these effects are pretty dang good. Now, the what hurts it, again, uh, that, that's the problem with these movies. Uh, if they would have just cut away and come back as a werewolf at that point or a wolf, been perfectly fine. But he does this transformation where you've got a skeletal, muscly, skeletal transformation into a wolf-like creature, which looks kind of comical in some points. Some of it looks really good, some of it not so good. To put it in better terms, if y'all have seen the uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Coppola version of Dracula, remember the armor that he's wearing? And it's red and it kind of looks like muscle. That's kind of what this looks like when he's transforming. It's very plasticky looking. And, you know, that, it kind of hurts it, but at the same time, because of what you just saw with the guy ripping his face off and all that, you're you're sold on what's happening here. Uh, but yeah, we get a good transformation, and the story kind of goes from there. Again, don't want to ruin these because I want you to check it out. But these effects are incredibly awesome and not so awesome at the same time. I don't know. You can you can watch it and let me know what you think. That's always been my fascination with this movie, is some of the effects are so, so good. Uh, I put I put scenes of this against any werewolf movie. Any werewolf movie. And, uh, but then it turns around and does things where you go, oh, <laughs> right? So you get that story, then you get another story where this, uh, it's supposed to be back in like Victorian times, I guess. And uh, a couple just got married. And, you know, they're all wearing their wigs and their makeup on their face. And they're eating in this, you know, highfalutin tent. And it's all posh. And, you know, it's, it's the best of the best, right? You got a, you know, string quartet playing in the background. You know, you're, you're, you're going for the, the nines here. And while they're celebrating and they're all around the, the, the newlyweds eating their, you know, first meal together, this lady shows up and she's pregnant and she blames it on the husband and she curses him and she ends up, I don't know if she's a witch or what, but she turns everybody there into wolves. And so you get this transformation of all these people into, into wolves. Uh, and it's 
you don't see any great transformation. You just see a lot of werewolf noses stuck on to people's faces and people just going, oh, you know, kind of kind of uh, howling too, kind of looking things. Um, so the second story, you just kind of like, eh, and it goes by really fast, right? Um, but the real wraparound with this is the Little Red Riding Hood story where the grandmother of Angela Lansbury makes her a red hood and uh, she's at her home with her folks and she decides that she needs to go see her grandma. When she does, she runs into this guy who she finds attractive and he's supposedly a hunter. But guess what? Got a unibrow. And uh, then it turns into the whole story of Little Red Riding Hood. And that's kind of how this ties together. I'm sure I'm leaving a lot of stuff out because there's a story with her and a, and a young boy in the, in the neighborhood that, or the village that she lives in that you know, is attracted to her. And they end up trying to catch a wolf and all this stuff because the murder's been going on. I mean, you know, it, it, it's got a quite a bit more story to it. But in a nutshell, that's what you're watching this for. And that's where you get your full um, stand-up, you know, typical werewolf-looking effects here, which are pretty dang good, I will say. And this is where you get the snoot coming out of the mouth. Um, I recommend this one. It is, I, I, I can't call it a horror movie. Um, because the horror in it is maybe 20 seconds total. <laughs> uh, but what it does, it does so well that's worth checking out. Um, and plus, you got Angela Lansbury and David Warner in this. How can you go wrong, right? So I, I recommend this one. Uh, don't expect, don't expect a werewolf movie. Don't expect a horror movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do get what's on the on the, the artwork. But there's so much more to this. This is a, I don't know, it's a very appealing movie to watch. And again, I guess because it's that aesthetic of the dream state stage play kind of thing going on. Uh, I say check this one out. I'm going to actually give this one a four out of five. Uh, there, there's a, there's a, there's such a nice aesthetic to this movie that I think really works. And I'm sticking to that. So there you go, folks. That's my take on this one. Check it out for yourself. Let me know what you think, and we will check you later.